Wayne, we'll start with you. What a mm. mess it's been. You've, you've been on the, this journey right from, from the beginning, really. Where, yeah. where are we now? And, and what are the sort of options that are on the table for, for, for the government in, in this province and motorists who, of course, have been paying lots of money over the years? How long a wait do you think it might be for them to, to know whether they will get their money back or, or what the way forward will look like? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Nice to be with you this morning and your listeners. So, uh, firstly, it, it, it's, a, it's a bold statement to make and a very welcome one. Um, it's one that, that the um, Sanwal didn't have to refund uh, or, or be in this, um, put in this position of, of, of being committed to refund because they weren't charging unlawfully. But nonetheless, the, uh, the Premier has made this statement and he made it emphatically. It wasn't like we'll see or whatever, so they've made the decision. So now um, what we want to hear is Sanwal make that claim and that statement, not uh, not the Premier of Gauteng. It is Sanwal who's collected the money. Sanwal knows who the uh, uh, who the people are who have paid how much, all their account details. So Sanwal is going to have to refund this money if this is what the uh, government is going to do. Secondly, a lot of this, a lot of the costs, of uh, and the money being paid to Sanwal is being paid by business, and they've passed these costs on to their customers. So their customers will be wanting this money back as well. And mm. that's going to be an administrative nightmare for all the car rental companies, the freight companies, the courier companies, uh, who, who I know they pass these costs on specifically for each trip. Uh, and imagine uh, a car rental company saying, well, right, right Sanwal, here's our record. We can show that we paid you 45 million rand over this period. Give us the 45 million rand. You can bet your bottom dollar that um, there will not be 45 million rands of claims from from tourists around the world, from people who've rented once off. So there'll be fat profits then going to these companies uh, who've already charged admin fees on top of it. Mm. So quite frankly, it's going to be a mess and a nightmare, and we're very keen to see how they do it. Uh, very often, government makes wild statements and claims and then cannot deliver on them. This is going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. Fred, Fred uh, let me bring you into the conversation. Thank you for your time with us this morning um, as well. Ch- chart perhaps the path forward, right, from, from, your, from your vantage point, uh, just to, to Wayne's point about Sandrell perhaps needing, needing to, to, to be the ones that are making these claims here. We know, of course, uh, for, for, for the government in, in, in this province as well, this uh, being able to, to resolve this as quickly as possible, whatever that means, uh, will, will, of course, be, be, be a plus politically leading up to elections and, and so on. How do you see this, this playing out? playing out from from your perspective well the da has been against the 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 e also from the start and um we're glad that we're coming to the end of the whole e saga however we do have concerns and the concerns is that the uh, original amount that was borrowed um has ballooned significantly and um i think is in for i think close to 26 million rand billion rand that it needs to contribute towards um, towards paying off the debt that is still there. Um, and that will increase because it attracts uh, interest every single day. Um, so to add another $7 billion on that to repay those who were, um, who did pay the ETAL amounts makes it quite difficult to understand where the money would come from. Um, so the liability on the government is already more than it can actually afford. 
Um, so that is that is one of our major concerns here: is um, how it will be paid off. And it seems mm-hmm. like it will be there will be some form of tax increase somewhere else uh, in order to to pay for it. So it's not as if um, consumers will come off scot free. Um, from the ETOLs. Um and you know we've been calling on the on the Harting government to say that hang on, um, you've made this commitment, but you've had no plan on how you're going to pay it off. Um, and as a DA, we we said you know you can't you can't institute a new tax or increase another tax in order to pay this off. There has to be other ways. Um, so that answer is still outstanding. That's why the gantries haven't been switched off yet. Um, and I agree with Wayne as well about the administrative nightmare to do all those refunds. Um, and um, will it will it be just? Um, and you know who's who's going to benefit from it? Um, so he makes three very good points there, and I agree with that. Yeah. The, the Premier Lusufi um, Fred has previously spoken about um, calling on national government to come to the party here um, and, and assist so that it isn't just a, a, a burden carried at a provincial level. Do, do, do you agree with that call, um, given also uh, the, 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 what you've just outlined um, about, about the cost and the pressure that is on, on the province? Well, it seems to me to bring about the, or you know, to re, to basically make it a concrete promise that um, that there will be an end of ETOs. There was a deal between the provincial government and the national government, and that they each would take a share of the um, of 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 the ETOL debt in order to pay it off. And then the Harting government will then also take over the roads and the maintenance of it, which is a further financial burden. Now. The bulk of Gauteng's, um about 95% of the Gauteng budget, comes from the national treasury in any case. So there's only about, uh, there are very few in income streams that the provincial government has. It, it has income stream on casino taxes and it has a income stream on the vehicle list, vehicle disc, uh, license disc on your on your vehicle. Mm. Um, and these seems to be the two areas where they think that they're going to raise the money from. But they also want to pay it off over a period, which means that, you know, it will attract interest and it will balloon. So, um, you know, it's easy to make the promise. Um, it's much more difficult to actually implement the scrapping of ETOs. And we're really concerned about, you know, how, how we're going to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wayne Outer uh, was was really birthed as a result of of these tolls, mm. right? Um, yeah. But but uh, the fact that we're now near the end, uh, uh, you know, having the system um, now officially scrapped, essentially, even though kind of wrapping it up isn't entirely over. What what has it meant for for yourselves as Outer? Of course, other you you've taken on other issues now over over the years since you were formed in in twenty twelve. But, but what, what does kind of reaching this point um, mean for, for yourselves, the approach that, that, uh, that, that you needed to take, um, the, the many fights in, in the courts, bringing the public along with you um, and, and really seeing active citizenry, um, which, which you encouraged over the years over this particular issue? Yeah, yes, it was, a, it was a big task. We were told right in the beginning, you don't take on government, you won't win this fight. And we said we will win it if the courts do not uh, rule in, in our favor. And they didn't, and they couldn't, we understand, because we'd come quite late. The money had been borrowed and the roads had been built. 
nonetheless, you had to take then a civil disobedience campaign. And you, you must remember that, um, you know, middle-class South Africa, these are people who own the vehicles and drive vehicles, are very reluctant to break the law. They worry about being pulled off the road on a Friday afternoon yeah. and criminalized and no licenses being able to renew, be renewed and blacklistings and so forth. So, so to get them on board it was quite a... It was quite a challenge, um, but they were adamant because, you know, state capture was headline news uh, uh, on a regular basis. Um, there were so many problems unfolding, and what Arthur said is we would defend every individual who was summoned, and that really kick-started the civil disobedience campaign back in 2015. And as Sanol summons people, so people sent their summonses to us, and we started this defense uh, program. Uh, and it was a massive one. Thousands of, 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 of um, summonses ca- came our way, and we had to put in place a, a process. But as we were doing this and building the organization, and people started supporting us, so we realized that there was more to tackle than just ETOLs. And, uh, and we sat down and formulated a strategy and a structure that was going to uh, tackle maladministration and corruption and government in the public sector. Uh, and we've done 220 projects since then. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, and we continue. Ours is far more than told, and, and uh, we need to carry on doing what we're doing. But I just want to add quickly to the point of Gauteng having to pay uh, uh, for, for, for the ETOL debt. We believe the Gauteng province has not got to pay one cent. This decision was made at a national level by the South African National Roads Agency, SANRO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made by, approved by the Department of Transport, Jeffrey Debe at the time, and finance and the bonds backed by National Treasury. These are all national decisions, but nothing to do with Gauteng. Gauteng only had to give their uh, blessing. In fact, they gave over, they handed over the R21 to SANRO, which was a, which was a regional road, a, a Gauteng road, not a SANRO road. We handed that over to Gauteng. Uh, who were going to make a lot of money out of putting gantries on that cruise as well, or so they thought. So this is not something that Panyaza Lusufi has to commit to. Uh, this is a national uh, treasury issue. And anyway, as Fred says, uh, the, the money that comes to government, at, at Khartoum government, uh, 85% of it or more comes from national treasuries. <laughs> so it's just mm. passing money from through one department to another. Uh, we believe, and secondly, it's not that uh, it's not 43 billion rand if they want to pick up 30 percent of anything. 21 billion rand was borrowed. The debt, uh, that's the debt. That is the bond debt. Uh, there's interest on that. Even if you had the interest, it comes to 37 billion, not 43. And thirdly, there's no there's no outstanding ETOL debt. They've written all of that off already. And and on top of that. The National Treasury has given Sanral for the Gauteng Freeway project already 24 billion rand over the last, uh, up until 2022, and more since then. So, so there's no need for Gauteng to pay a cent, and they cannot add anything to license uh, fees to pay off this debt, and they, and they should never be introducing a regional petrol levy, because the minute you do that, every province will start with regional mm. petrol levies or fuel levies, and that is going to be a nightmare and a corruption uh, cesspool of notes. So I just don't know why and how they're going about challenging this matter. Mm-hmm. Fred, can we speak a bit broadly, though, just about... Uh 
issues in 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 you know in, in transport, road infrastructure uh, as well, right? I mean, this this obviously has been an issue we've been discussing for years. We it lost steam at some point. It comes back when you know some sort of milestone has been reached, as is the case here. But as many things, uh, we'll, we'll move on and and pay attention to other things. It, it's important for us to think about the, the direction that. Uh, really this very important uh, sector is taking or issues around infrastructure, where we are as a country, so that we don't only talk about these issues uh, when there are crises or something major has in fact fact happened. What should should, uh, citizens broadly, we're talking about Gauteng in particular, of course, but what should we continue to be mindful of um, so that we are holding government accountable around issues of, of, of infrastructure that, that's dilapidating, that's not being well-maintained, yet we are we're paying out of our noses continuously. Yeah, you, you, you're right there. And um, this is a struggle that we're busy with on, on a daily basis as a DA because um, we're very concerned with the deterioration of roads, especially in Gauteng. Um, and, you know, we see it on, on both the national and the provincial and the local roads, well, all three spheres, um, where you see potholes, where you see traffic lights not working, you see criminality where traffic lights are being cut off um, and, and, and all kinds of problems. And... Um, but one of the biggest problems lies within government itself and its inefficiencies and its inability to um, to approve tenders, um, to actually execute tenders, to complete tenders. Um, so you have a lot of um, road-building projects, for instance, that are very delayed. Um, and that means that if one project is delayed, the next project needs to wait until this one is finished in order for it to be funded because the funding is just... It's just it's very limited, so you, you can't add new projects every year until the, the previous projects are completed, and that's a massive problem in Gauteng. There are a number of roads that's been outstanding for a number of years. I mean, the K46, William Nickel, uh, you know, going through Dipslet, for instance, has been mired in controversy and um, contractors walking off site and, and all kinds of stuff um, for about seven, eight years now. Um, that that road cannot be completed and it should have been completed many years ago already. Um, so we have a massive problem in Gauteng because what we have, and it's, it's a simple equation, the vehicle population is increasing, but the square kilometers of, of road surface remains the same. So what you get in essence is an increase in, um, in congestion. And congestion has a huge impact on the economy. Um, because it is productive time that people are spending in their vehicles. So we need to uh, have a bold investment into public transport, um, uh, some expansion of our roads as well. But if you look towards the future 30, 40 years from now, we really need to start moving uh, people in hunting to public transport because um, the roads will just not handle the growth in, 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 in vehicle population anymore. A trip that will take you half an hour now will by 2030 take you probably an hour and a half. Um, so you, so we have a massive problem here. We need massive investment. We need some uh, systems that work within government so that we can get those tenders through so that we can build the roads and that we can build the transport infrastructure. Mm-hmm.
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Th- thank you for that, uh, uh, Fred. Uh, just a parting shot, uh, Wayne, uh, the issues that, that you're taking on now. I mean, obviously, uh, similar to the previous question, that we want, we want citizens to be a lot more active than what we've seen. It is quite exhausting because there are a number of issues, you know, issues. Take your pick. If it's not the road, it's, it's, it's energy issues. If it's not that, it's, it's other issues as well. But just, just your, your word of encouragement, I suppose, even at, at the beginning of the year, to the public, just in terms of getting getting involved, knowing what's happening, even in your your own community, um, and and making yeah. sure that that you take a stand, even if it takes you ten years to get close to yeah. the end, as is the case here. Yes, yes, yes. We need active citizenry. You know, if government is not going to deliver. Uh, we have to ensure that. And, and you mentioned the word earlier on. Accountability is so important. The money is there. Uh, if you look at the increase in the revenues that are paid to local government and national government, it's well above inflation. Uh, so the funds are there if you go back 20 years. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, well after, uh, maybe 10 years after uh, democracy. Um, the, 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 the funding is there. There weren't potholes. There was not raw sewage pumped into rivers uh, on a daily basis. I mean, you just have to look at it equally. So the money and the increases there, what's happened is that there's just been far too many increases in, in uh, salaries. Uh, and people have just been thrown at the problem and consultants have just been bought in at massive costs because the people don't do the jobs of all the ineptitude. So if you put it all together, we now, as citizens, have to start holding government to account, especially at local level. If they don't, as we've done in Makanda, we need to have the councils disbanded. Uh, we need to take over the running of, of, of substations and, and water treatment plants. And this happens in a number of uh, municipalities. Uh, funding from that should, uh, will come from, from the money that is paid in local taxes. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we start to fix this country and have the people removed. It's a criminal offence to pump raw sewage into the rivers, and we must start laying those charges. So this is about active citizenry. It's about all these business communities, business forums, business associations, Associations and many of them who are looking away and doing very little because they're too scared to tackle government. It's time that business got out of its shell, stopped its uh, fear issue, and get on with challenging government. Otherwise, there'll be no country to do business in.